Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The NBA Draft Lottery Order is set. It went down on Tuesday night. Welcome back into the Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button like you're Brandon Davies. I'm Matt Norlander, your host for this episode. Kyle Boone is back with me. We are going to do another prospect episode, but instead of just highlighting one particular player, we're actually going to talk about the debate for the number two pick. Kyle Boone is coming to us right now from Chicago. He's at the Combine. Um, before we get into the discussion about who Charlotte should take at number two. And yes, eventually we will have not a chime in on this as well. Um, of course. We're, we're going to talk, we're going to talk obviously Scoot Henderson versus Brandon Miller um, and the battle for number two. And then, and the, and, the, and the discussion that is, that is really qu- quickly rising there. Um, you were in, let's just quickly talk one Banyama. He's, he's going to San Antonio. San Antonio wins the lottery. You were in the room on Tuesday night, Kyle Boone, quick recap scene setting. What was it like to be there? Uh, surreal. I was actually, so I've been in two lottery rooms where it actually happened, where they made the announcement, not the actual behind the scenes. Here's the lottery in the room where they have, where they announce, um, who gets the picks. And the first one was in 2000, I believe it was 19, the Zion year when the Pelicans won the number one draft pick. And this year when the Spurs won the number one pick and it is, it is awesome to be in that room. Um, Peter John Holt, who is the chairman of Spurs Entertainment, was the Spurs rep on stage. And just exactly, just picture perfect, exactly the type of reaction that you would expect someone who just won Victor Women Yama. Uh, I mean, just like this dude was, before they even announced the Spurs, he gives out a, let's go! let's go. And then he's, woo! and then he had to apologize to Mark Williams, who's sitting next to him. He saw the card from his vantage point before it was announced on television. Right. KB? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So we talked to him afterwards and he said that he saw they cause they do countdown order when they announce it. So they saw the number two, number three card. He saw the number two card. And as they pulled out the number two card, he saw that the Hornets logo was on it, which meant, by process of elimination, the Spurs had the number one pick. And so before they even announced it, this dude is on stage just like letting it absolutely rip. And Mark Williams, who's obviously with the Charlotte Hornets, is sitting right next to him. And he said, you know, like Peter John Holt had to apologize to Mark Williams because he thought he may have got some spittle on him. Oh so my gosh, tough scene. It was, oh, man, it was fantastic. And the first, like, yeah, the first official comments from 
from uh, Peter John Holt, of course, on live television. It's not like we got Wimby or, you know, I, I can't believe we just won the lottery. It's like, I might faint. I might faint. And I, th- I thought it was just like a perfect encapsulation of the night. The Spurs just like from R.C. Buford to, uh, to Brian Wright, the GM there, like they were all just over the moon. Uh, Brian White- Wright talked about how he had like not ate or slept pretty much all day. They were all just very, very anxious. So mm-hmm. kind of shows what's at stake. Obviously, the lottery is big every year, but this year in particular feels like it just means a little bit more. More than a little bit more. Um, thrilled yep. that you're there in Chicago, getting to to see all that. Uh, as a reminder, we are doing profile prospect uh, prospect you know episodes, and we we do these every year, every May into June, and this is our second one. We did one on Wembenyama a week ago before we knew where he was going. So it's just a couple episodes back in the feed, or if you're on the YouTube channel, just flick over and you'll see you'll see our Wemby episode there. So we could do a deep dive on that. Uh, but let's move on um, and discuss. Uh, who should go number two? So this is going to be a combo up. So we're going to talk uh, Scoot Henderson and we are going to talk uh, Brandon Miller. Before we get into them, you're at the combine and there's going to be a lot of people that watch this episode that listen to this episode, KB, who frankly, like some people will probably dial into the combines. A lot of people just don't. It just is what it is. Like it's not nearly as big of a deal as NFL is. But for your purposes, we need you there. We're glad you're there. But for because most people listening to this episode probably don't know if these guys are there or not. Are are Scoot Henderson and or Brandon Miller are they in Chicago? Are they participating in any way? What are they doing in Chicago if in fact they are there? To my knowledge, the only things they are doing are media availability. So they were both available to the media today. Um, they may have done measurements, but they are not doing any type of drill work. They're not doing any vertical jump. These are Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller widely viewed as like clear top five locks in this 2023 draft class. So as has been the case, you know, for years and years and years now, there is, there is nothing that requires top prospects to participate in the NBA draft combine. And so they just don't, uh, that may change with the new CBA. Uh, there's some stipulations that they're writing in that may in 2024 require, prospects even number one prospects to at least participate in some form whether that's uh drill work or or measurements or media or some combination of those things don't know the specifics just yet but uh, yeah they, they're here in chicago i know that as of today because i did see them today i talked with them today but uh they're not participating they did five on five stuff today they were not among the players participating and most of the top prospects are not playing in five on five. Yeah. My understanding is starting next year, that's going to change now. It's not going to mean that we're never going to see projected lottery picks playing in the scrimmages. I don't think we need to, to be honest, Uh, but the involvement of all prospects will be mandated. That's the plan going forward. If you want to be literally eligible to play in the NBA, you have to participate in the combine to a greater level than what prospects have been doing for the, you know, better part of the past decade plus, which is good for the combine, good for the NBA. And I'm happy to see it. So this is the last year where we'll have this kind of situation where a projected number two pick, number three pick, number five pick, number eight pick. Um, they're only, you know, there for media availability. Obviously their, their agents are working the room there and they might have meetings. They'll take meetings with teams. That'll, that'll obviously be part of it, but they're mostly sight unseen. All right, let's get into it. Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, who will be, who should be the pick for the, Charlotte Hornets at number two. Let's talk each player first. So table is all yours, buddy. Let's get into Scoot. Um, what do you like about his game? 
describe his game for, for a lot of people. They're from they might be that listen to this podcast. They might be familiar with the name. They've checked on a mock draft. They've seen that Scoot Henderson's been holding strong at that number two spot for a long time. Now, wait a second. Yeah. He might not even go to. Maybe he won't. Maybe it'll be Brandon Miller. So we'll start on Scoot. Um, and big picture stuff as well for our casual audience. Why didn't he play college basketball? Why do you choose G League United instead, uh, KB? Give us the full dossier on one Scoot yeah. Henderson. Yeah, Scoot Henderson, a guy who was uh, a five-star recruit, very, very highly re- viewed in, in kind of the recruiting circles. Signed with G League Ignite on a two-year deal, actually. So spent the season last year playing with G League Ignite and spent this past season with G League Ignite developing there. So um, kind of one of the, you could say, kind of almost one of the guinea pigs of of that, that program as it continues to get off the ground. And he got a ton of money for doing so instead of choosing to go the college route. And... G League Ignite has invested a ton of resources in developing that program to make it kind of a farm system of sorts. They've they've got a lot of players that are in the pipeline and they've already, you know, produced players already with Jalen Green last year, two years ago now. And so um so yeah, that's that's kind of Scoot Henderson's path in a nutshell. Um he's a lead guard, he's very, very athletic. I think maybe if you were doing a ranking of like the most cocky slash confident slash swaggery players in this class, Scoot Henderson would have to be number one. Just the style that he plays with. He is so fun to watch. He will talk his talk, but he can walk the walk. And um, so, yeah, like I have him number two on the CBS Sports big board right now. I think he'll end up going top three. Um, I would take him number two, but I understand if the Hornets at number two decide to go a different direction. To me, Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller are kind of in the same tier. I prefer Scoot Henderson. That being said, you have LaMelo Ball with the Hornets. Would make a lot of sense to maybe go with uh, a player, if if they're similarly graded, uh, a player in Brandon Miller who I think would be, you know, from a roster construction standpoint, maybe a better fit. Scoot Henderson, 6'3", a listed 195 pounds. Now, as we do this podcast, um, uh, measurements are going to be taken. So he actually, we might get updates on that. Obviously, we'll get with shoes and without shoes. I am a non-shoes height. It says God made you, but whatever. They do play in shoes. So I, I, get the, I, get the, I get the argument for the other side, which is where Kyle Boone happens to land on it. If you have seen Scoot Henderson, you have seen a player who at his age and he's 19 years old, is as physically developed and ready for the next level as really any player in the draft. And I say that knowing all too well what Jairus Walker currently looks like. It's like one able to be with both of those two, uh, without a doubt. Um, do you have any, and I'm not a big comp guy, but you know, comps do help the theater of the mind, if you will, for people that have not seen him play or only maybe caught one YouTube highlight video. Um, I don't know mm. if you do have a comp, but if you do, uh, player A, player B, player C, if anything you know, comes to mind, uh, who are some guys whose games resemble the package that Scoot Henderson is bringing to the NBA, Kyle Boone? Yeah, uh, so Audie Joseph is uh, one of our bosses and has done a great job kind of schooling me in the draft space. And my natural inclination would be to say Scoot Henderson reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook. And I can just hear Audie Joseph now just slapping my hand say, bad Kyle, because you don't compare prospects 
to players who are future Hall of Famers. So I will, I, I and I feel like it's a little bit low hanging fruit. He has, he has some attributes, Kyle. He does. He, has he certainly Russell does. Westbrook esque attributes. That's not an unfair thing to bring up. He's not the same player. Okay. I understand the point. Exactly. Exactly. So to me, I think he does have some Russell Westbrook attributes. He's very athletic. He plays with an edge. And so though that exact description to me reminds me a little bit of Colin Sexton. Um, one of the most swaggery college guards we've seen in the last few years. He really takes pride in the way he plays defense. He is a lead guard, a guy who I think can distribute and kind of run your offense. Um, Scoot has similarly, I think has some warts in his game on offense where the shooting is maybe a little bit of a concern. Um, and, and I think Colin Sexton certainly coming out of college had some, some similar, I think reservations about also had that swagginess to his game, by the way, Colin Sexton. He did. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, if you're, you know, it does feel like you, maybe you're selling Colin or uh, Scoot Henderson maybe just a tad bit short if you're comparing him to Colin Sexton. In a nutshell, if you're taking him number two, you probably don't want to take Colin Sexton. But I think he's maybe a souped-up version of what Colin Sexton can be. And uh, I really like just the way he plays, the swagger, the confidence, the passing, the vision, the playmaking. He does kind of a little bit of everything. And I think the only real knock and why he's not clearly the consensus number two in this class is because he did not quite develop his three-point shot this past season in the way that people maybe had hoped. He mostly just plateaued. He shot below 30%. And I think that's maybe a real concern. Um, but... Yeah, like that's probably the only thing that's that's keeping him from from being the clear number two. And by the way, just just as an example, Lobelo Ball shot like twenty five percent from three overseas. I, I think the three point shot in general is something that can be improved upon. And by all accounts, Hen- Scoot Henderson is someone who is like a, just a crazy work ethic guy who's who's going to improve. And and I have a lot of confidence in his game. Yeah, he's got uh, so many selling points and certainly looks the part in a lot of different ways. Last thing from me on Scoot before we uh, scooch over to Brandon Miller's side of this. Um, he has been he has been the guy that's been projected number two, you know, for a solid year now, if not a little bit longer there. But for you personally, KB, have you been on the Scoot should definitely be number two guy? I know you mentioned that you've had him there for a while, but like if we go back a year, let's go May, May of 22, you know, even January, February of 22, when his, his his ability and his ceiling and the way he was projecting was was even well-known at that point because of his time with, with G League Ignite. Have you been aboard this, like it should be Wemby 1, Scoot 2 for the better part of 8, 10, 14 months? Or did you more come around to this in the past, say, 3, 4, 5 months? Mm, so I'm looking here, Norlander, July 9th, 2022. Mock draft, Victor Wemenyama number 1, Scoot Henderson number 2. There you go. So you I have had Scoot Henderson at the top of my ranks for a very long time. Um, Brandon Miller has definitely picked up some steam in the last few months, and, and we'll get to him in just a minute. But uh, I still am holding strong as a Scoot believer. I think his uh, his game and his polish as a, as a playmaker, kind of a lead guard, profiles very, very well for uh, for what the modern NBA is right now. 
Well, he's going up against Brandon Miller, and they are not uh, they are not players that have uh, a ton in common. Obviously, what the one thing they do have in common is is their elite ceiling, what they project to be. We're going to talk about Brandon Miller's game and if he should actually go number two to Charlotte over Scoot Henderson. But first, a quick break. Nada, do your thing. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. All right. So we've got some intriguing storylines heading into draft night. You know, everything around Wemby, like there won't be any drama there, but just the, the, the grandeur of it all and what he'll wind up becoming. Scoot Henderson, the best prospect, in, in, you know, due respect to Jalen Green, but Scoot Henderson is seen as the, the most tantalizing of all to come out of G League Ignite so far, at least the, the way that I see it. Uh, and here we have Brandon Miller, who is obviously coming off of a controversy riddled back half of his season. Um, it doesn't appear as though anything, you know, again, reminder, um, he was not charged with anything. He cooperated with law enforcement, but uh, the saga of him uh, acting as a courier to bringing a gun to uh, what became a, a murder scene, obviously uh, put a very dark cloud over Alabama. Um, head coach Nate Oates, Brandon Miller, and he hasn't spoken a ton about it, but um, in checking in with people that, you know, are evaluating this, um, that whole saga, as it pertained to like the, the background reads on Brandon Miller, they, they clashed a lot. Like Brandon Miller uh, had a reputation before this whole thing that um, had a very good reputation. I'll just say that. In fact, the questions around him as a prospect were, uh, did he have even enough alpha in him as a player to justify taking him really, really high and by really high? I mean, top three in a given NBA draft there. Um, but it appears as we are tracking closer to draft night that the issues surrounding Brandon Miller at Alabama don't seem to be anything that's going to prevent him from being picked as high as number two. Uh, Kyle Boone, I don't know if you talked to anyone on the ground in Chicago in the past few days about this particular thing. But from what you're hearing or talking with folks about, uh, do you have anything that would contradict what I just put out on the table there? No, I think that was perfectly explained. I uh, talked with someone earlier today about Brandon Miller, kind of his background. And you know, he, there was a huge media gaggle. Would you say gaggle? Would that be the correct I, word? I, I didn't see the said gaggle, but that's an appropriate term. It was a big old gaggle just huddled around him today. And... I, I kind of joked, you know, uh, questions that he might get asked because it feels like he is just constantly trying to answer questions that have already been asked of him. So I'm, I'm kind of, I think a lot of people are probably not interested in, in this story from this past season. And a lot of people I think are, are moving on. And um, the vibe I got from, from talking with someone was that basically like Brandon Miller's a generally, his character has mostly checked out and 
there's not a ton of concerns about him. They're really high on him. The NBA is very, very excited about him. And obviously when you're six foot nine and you shoot like close to 40% from three, um, maybe some questions and concerns fly out the door, but he's a, he's a guy who I think, you know, there's, there's maybe some concerns and and I'm sure NBA teams are, are still doing some, some digging and some, some background work, but I don't think there's any uh, real questions about his character and, and kind of his work ethic and, and what he brings to the table. Yeah. And for the most part, these, these NBA franchises do extensive background uh, checks as, as you would expect them to do because they're literally investing millions upon millions, millions and millions of dollars into these players. And so you don't want to have an investment go sideways and then uh, you are effectively wasting uh, your money there. But it is an intriguing uh, element to all of this because uh, Brandon Miller's name is not associated with positive things at the moment. And obviously he and the people around him are going to slowly but surely try and uh, change that moving forward. And maybe they will, but it, it, nonetheless, uh, coming off a, an incident where uh, he was part of something that ended, uh, you know, in tragedy, and it, it will be interesting to see just how that part of it is is covered and how we continue to to move forward with Brandon Miller overall as a prospect, which is the primary reason why we're talking about him. Obviously, on the on the pod here, he's also different in that you've got this draft here where Wemby is the once in a generation, maybe even it's it's larger than that, but it really he's really once in a generation. LeBron was a generation prior kind of prospect. Scoot's you know, right there for number two. And then Miller separated himself from every other college prospect. Like there's, there's a real line of separation from a talent and, and, and how he, uh, and how he projects. I think there's a, he's on a shelf to himself versus every other player that's coming out of college this season. Um, Why, why do you think that's the case? And, and, you know, we have a a college listing audience for the most part. So they're all too familiar with Brandon Miller's game, but let's do a quick reset. Let's just hit the, Hit the need to knows here. Brandon Miller's game. Give uh, give the people what they need to know and why now he is very much in the conversation to be taken to ahead of Scoot and uh, and and usurping that spot after that really wasn't a talking point for the majority of his college season. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's a former five star recruit. He's six foot nine, roughly two hundred pounds. He's an excellent shooter. Like I said, he's around thirty nine percent from three-point line this past season at Alabama he has range that extends beyond the three-point line he is someone who I think profiles as a potential secondary ball handler slash playmaker in spots I think he knows how to operate in transition he's really savvy at kind of creating looks for himself and creating his own offense as kind of an offensive hub I think he would operate really really well next to a uh, a lead guard who is already established, AKA I think him and Lamella ball would be a fantastic fit. Um, he's got a, a long frame. He has a long reach. I think he's going to be a really solid wing defender in the NBA. Uh, t- <laughs> talked with him earlier today and he talked about how like Nate Oates taught him how to take charges because he'd never taken charges before. <laughs> so uh, he's still, I think, developing some things in his game and refining some some finer points of his game on the defensive side of the floor but there's a lot of promise there uh offensively earlier in the season i think he struggled kind of finishing at the rim that's something that he worked on throughout the season and actually got quite a bit better at throughout the year at alabama so the uh the maturity that he showed in in developing his basketball game i think is is really promising as well and and so uh, yeah, it, it just checks a ton of boxes. Like obviously in the NBA now, 
you don't have to be a you know a point guard per se to to run an offense or to be like a primary hub for an NBA team. Just look at you know Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. The NBA kind of thrives on wings, Kawhi Leonard. So um, he profiles, I think, I think projects very, very well at the NBA level. And he was already really good at the college level, like an All-American, one of the most productive players in college basketball as, as a teenager. So uh, very high on his game. I, I think he is clearly a top three prospect in this class. And, and now I think the, the, the question will be, will he go number two or number three? I don't think there's any debate that he'll go top three, though. Um. In speaking to what we talked about earlier with comps and stuff, I am not comparing him to the name I'm about to drop, but I am telling you that a few people over the course of the season uh, did pass along to me. They're like, you know, with what Brandon, how Brandon Miller looks, his frame, the way he's able to score, how he moves. It's like he, you can see how strongly he may have been influenced by how Kevin Durant plays. Mm. And, there are elements to his game that would be, you know, a diet version of Kevin Durant. No, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Kevin Durant. No way, no how. But I will tell you that NBA front offices, when they are looking at prospects and they see what a player has done, they see what he's done dating back to his, his time on the grassroots circuit, then in college, and they say, okay, here's the data we have. Compare it against other guys at the same age, you know, with this amount of, uh, of games under, if he actually hits, if we're going to, if we have him, if we have the number two pick, the number three pick, the number one pick or whatever, um, and we and he really hits. Like, what do we think his ultimate ceiling is? And I'll just tell you that NBA people behind closed doors are not afraid to bring up these kind of comparisons, because ultimately you are trying to again hit the best possible prospect at and and maximize what he could possibly be. And so there's a lot of enthusiasm over Brandon Miller's ability to as good as he was in his season at. Alabama and oh by the way he was atrocious down the stretch I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna sweep that aside he had a, a very very bizarre uh, final few games um, his his time in the tournament was just it was weirdly bad like out of body bad and battling through some injuries sure and amidst other things as well let's let's yeah, not let's sure. not let's not put off the fact that like there was so much going on plenty of which Definitely. he didn't want to himself that impacted that it doesn't appear to impact his draft stock but on the whole yeah um uh, quite a player i mean shot 38 percent from three which is good not great shot 48 percent from two which is Good, not great. 86% free throw shooting at his size. Many people will say that many people are big believers in like, you know, you're six, nine or taller. And if you're shooting above 80% from the line, that really projects well for the future at right. the NBA level. I get it. His O rating was 117, according to Ken Palm. There's just a lot. Uh, there's just a lot there. And it is an intriguing debate here. Um, so for Scoot and and for Miller. Are there two or three that like they are different players and they don't play the same positions, uh, their strengths um, and their attributes individually, they kind of separate them, which makes it a very interesting pick here for Charlotte. But do you see like, can you see if, if we went into Charlotte's draft room, if we will, like column A, column B, column C, where they have certain things that they do very similarly? Um, do you happen to have an opinion uh, on identifying a couple of those things, KB, or are they that different where they don't really have too much in common as prospects? They definitely have some similarities. I think they're both um, pretty good playmakers uh, for their position. Scoot, to me, checks out as more of a true lead guard, whereas I think Brandon Miller is more of a secondary playmaker, someone who can play off of the ball and then you pass it to him on the wing and he can create. 
Um, but for their position, I think they are they are pretty good playmakers. Um, I I feel pretty good about how they project as shooters at the NBA level. Again, a knock with Scoot is the fact that he didn't quite improve in the way that people expected from three point range this past season with G League Ignite. Uh, Miller is fantastic as a three point shooter, um, and that is something that I think will will definitely translate to the NBA level. Great catch and shoot weapon. Uh, I think there's going to be some transition challenges for him making shots off of the dribble and creating in that way. But um, again, like he's he's a very quick learner. He seems to pick things up very fast, and there's a lot of confidence in um, in his game. So yeah, there's there's definitely some similarities, but like overall, I. I kind of just think they're totally different players. It's different, different flavors. Um, and I don't think it'll, you know, obviously change whether or not they have success mm-hmm. at the NBA level. But I, I, I think both of these guys are just, you have to look at them almost totally separately. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What facets do they diverge the most as prospects, Gibby? Mm. Well, Scoot I, Scoot, I think, is like... Scoot is the, the playmaker, right? Like, he's the lead guard. He's the guy who is going to be, like, the, the straw that stirs the drink. Miller is the guy who I think is more... I actually, like... Can I have a hot take here? Let me, let me drop a take yeah, on you. Have it. I actually think Brandon Miller maybe has some bust potential. Okay. Um, I haven't heard a lot of that yet, but okay. Why do you think that? Yeah, and I, and it's not a popular opinion. I'm I actually don't totally believe it, but uh, I think there's some potential that he's maybe just like a really good player, but maybe not a multi-time all-star. Well, no. How are um, we defining bust? If you're let's even let's even take him pick third. Mm-hmm. A bust would be. I don't think you can say he's a bust. If you're a top three pick, are you a bust if you never make an all-star game? I don't know if you are. Like, what's a bust here? Yeah, if you don't make an all-star game, yeah, if you're a bust. Okay, pick. fair. You know what? Yeah, fair. I Upon so. immediate reflection, I think that's at least you got to make. If you're a top three pick, you got to at least make one all-star game. I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah, and and with Brandon Miller, I think the expectations when we view him is this guy's going to be a multi-time all-star. He's a perfectly projectable NBA wing who can score it at a high level. And I think he's going to be a very productive NBA player. I think his scoring is going to translate. He has great range. I like his defensive potential. There's some, you know, maybe some questions about his athleticism, the ability to separate, to create his own space. I really like his offensive creation, but 
when you talk about separation, he did it at the college level and did it mostly at a fine level. Uh, but when you're playing against NBA competition, NBA athletes, NBA length, does it translate? Um, I, I think it's a concern. It's maybe not a huge concern, but I think it does kind of when you try and answer that question, it does impact whether you're talking about someone who's going to be a multi-time all-star or someone who's just like a really, really good starter slash rotation player. And um, so, yeah, that, that would be my hot take is he has some bust potential. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I don't think he's a bust. But um, I, I think there's certainly a few flags in his profile that just like maybe warrant a little bit of cautious concern as you kind of project his game to the NBA level. All right. So if you're Charlotte at two, you're telling me you're taking Scoot over Brandon Miller. If you're Charlotte, you know, team need into consideration, and then we'll get to Nada right after this. But you're two at Charlotte. You're taking mm-hmm. Scoot over Brandon Miller. Yeah, look, I get it if the Hornets take Brandon Miller. Um, just from a fit perspective, it makes a ton of sense. I would take Scoot Henderson over Brandon Miller. Yes, I understand there's probably a little bit of talent overlap between he and LaMelo Ball. They're both playmakers. I think they both are very successful playing primarily on the ball. Um, But I think LaMelo Ball's ability to shoot it at a high level would make a lot of sense. I think it'd be a really good fit next to Scoot Henderson. I wouldn't necessarily worry about uh, how two players coexist when you're the Charlotte Hornets and you're not a very good franchise. You're just trying to get as much talent in the building as you can. So yeah, hopefully that doesn't hurt not his feelings, but that is uh that is kind of my take here. I would, I would take Scoot Henderson if I'm the Hornets at number two. All right. Before we get Nada's take on this and, and our producer Kanata Edwards uh, lives in Charlotte uh, Hornets fan, a previous podcaster about the Hornets. He is, he is dialed in on all things with this franchise. Um, but a year ago, Charlotte had the eighth pick. Nada will remember. And selected Mark Williams, a pick that I was very much in favor of. Not it was not. Uh, he then Mark Williams could be spotted at the lottery uh, on the wrong end of some spittle, apparently. Uh, but he got the pick to uh, to go and represent the franchise, and they get the second pick. Uh, one year later, how's your Mark Williams? I don't want him on the Hornets. Take aging Nada. It mm. is aging like a shake, like a Chick Fil A shake that I bought last year. That's how well it is aged. Okay, you love so to see it. It's, it's rotten. It's feeded, and I probably need to throw it out. You love to see it. And I was big on Mark Williams. So what that we means? Told you. Oh, you know what? I don't have it. I don't have it for Nada. Doesn't have his own drop, so he gets Parrish's drop. I was wrong. There we go. And you know what? One more for good measure. I was wrong. Okay, but we're just one year. And you know what? We're one year in. We could look up in two, three years, and you might be right. But right now, right now, I was wrong. So that being said, <laughs> who should the Hornets draft it to? Nada, and why? Give me Scoot Henderson because every concern that Kyle has in terms of bus potential with Brandon Miller are the same concerns I have. And if if you need a game to specifically look at, and I understand that it's a tournament game and tournament games are random results generators. That San Diego State game where he basically pulled a no-show did not show up very well in terms of physicality on defense and kind of showed some concerns with the finishing. That game plays like very, very large in my head in terms of lack of ability to finish through contact, lack of inability to deal with physicality. 
and the handle kind of worries me as well. So yeah. it's Scoot, Hand Scoot Henderson, and it's not close right now. And just so we're clear, and then we're, listen, this is we are we'll do some profile episodes on prospects. We're not. I'm not. This podcast is just not getting into the nitty gritty too much on team needs and stuff like that. But just so we're clear here, Nada, as you understand things, no shot. Charlotte trades this pick. It's going to keep the two pick. Zero chance. Zero, Zero chance. chance. And it would. This team unfortunately feels like they're closer to the playoffs than they than they actually are um they are not looking to build they're looking for a guy that is going to be paired near next to lamello ball and be the running mate for the next five seven years and then reload there's no chance they trade this pick at all okay that's good to know um yeah i guess i'll have to see it you tell me they, they draft either of these guys scoot or brandon miller and granted i'm not dialed into charlotte hornets games okay I'm not dialed in. No one blames you. No one blames but you at I, all. Like you tell me that's the case, and I'm just not seeing a franchise yet that it's like, oh, we'll look up in two years and they're going to be the sixth seed in the playoffs. I'm just not seeing that yet. <laughs> so I feel like they're they still have more pieces to go. But maybe Scoot's a good building piece, which is interesting in the big picture, in that he's a really really good prospect. Maybe he is a franchise changing kind of prospect. I'm just not quite there yet with that on either of these guys. They they, they both seem very very good, but. I stop short at them being, all right, Wemby's on one level, and then it's Scoot and Brandon on another level, and then we'll get down to four, and then it's it's everyone else. They might have a little bit of separation, but I don't find them to be on a tier to themselves, even though, obviously, that seems to be the way that this is going and how most people view them. Kyle Boone, you agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, I think I think I mostly agree. Uh, I, th I think Victor Wimanyama is in his own tier. Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, in some order, are in their own tier. And then... You get to Cam Whitmore, Thompson Twins, Jairus Walker. Gets I kind of interesting. Really yeah. crowded. I, I, I it does. Here is super, super crowded. And I don't know how separated Miller and Scoot are from the rest ultimately, but we'll, yep. we'll wait on that. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. We went a little long too, but we talked about two prospects. Generally speaking, moving forward, we are going to try and keep these relatively under control for this pod. And by that, I mean 15 to 20 minute episodes there. But I had to get, I had to catch up with KB as he's on the ground there in Chicago. You can check out his latest mock draft over at CBSSports.com, of course. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle the Boone. I have that right. Yeah. Seems like a recent handle change, but Kyle at Kyle the Boone. And any closing thoughts before you uh, shuffle off into that Chicago night? No, I'm glad I got rid of the Kyle double underscore uh, yes. Boone because that was that was so problematic just created a lot of headaches lost my blue check mark i thought you know what let's just roll the dice let's try something yeah. new yeah Kyle the Boone. there you go we'll have another prospect episode next week in addition to our regularly scheduled episodes so thanks so very much for tuning in uh continued draft coverage at cbsports.com on cbs sports hq we'll talk to you again on the podcast real soon talk to you later